everybody. This is Just Sold with Brent McIntosh of the McIntosh Group at Remax River City. My name is Brent Griffiths, and look who it is. Happy New Year to Brent McIntosh. How you doing? I'm well. How are you? Fine, thank you. Did you have a pleasant holiday? Restful and quiet. How about you? Uh, exactly the same. But my business was really out of control in the month of December. You guys were winding down a little bit, and now you're gearing back up. But how was December? Because... We do our monthly update, and now we're taking a look at December of 2021 before we look ahead to 2022. You know what? It was one of the busiest Decembers that I can ever remember. And this is coming from a real estate agent that actually sold a house one year on Christmas Eve, uh, where I was presenting it back in the old days, uh, you know, to, to show my age when we used to have to drive to our client's house before... Uh, these DocuSign programs and email programs that we use nowadays, I, you have to drive to their house to get the signatures back then. There I was presenting an offer at 7 p.m. on Christmas Eve and, and getting a deal done. Um, so, so that was a crazy one. But this year, this December was quite a bit busier than some of our previous Decembers. And so it was a great way to finish because normally Bryn, um, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm okay with this, but normally December sort of a throwaway month. It's a month where we catch our breath, where, where we get ready for the next year. And there's not a lot of people looking or out there buying houses, but this year was different. There was quite a bit of carryover from this year. A lot of buyers who hadn't found what they were looking for yet. And in fact, you know, in previous years, we might not list properties in December. We might hold those off until early January to hit the market just because it might only cost us days on market where we're sitting on the market for 30 days and not even getting in any showings. And then it looks like a stale listing. But this year we actually uh, put a few of our listings on the market in December and have already got sold signs in front of them. Well, you listed a home at the end of September for a very good friend of mine, Chris. And mm -hmm. we were kind of thinking, well, maybe if it goes in the month of October, great. But once we get into November, it would start to slow down. December might be dead and it may start to pick up again in January and February. You sold that thing before Christmas and yeah. right toward the end of November. And it just seemed, and there was good traffic coming through the house too, which I, I was very impressed by. It just seemed like it, it wasn't your typical, normal kind of wind down to the holiday season. Is that fair to say? Definitely. And, and to sh like, again, this year, and we've talked about this on previous podcasts, when we do give our monthly market update, that each month we seem to be breaking records, setting records for the Edmonton Real Estate Board for amount of sales. And it's really surprising because our community is not necessarily growing exponentially, but there is a lot of people getting into the market and buying homes and leaving their rental properties. So, so good on the, the young people who are buying their first homes, uh, good on, on, on some of the old timers that are still buying properties and not going to rentals. So just to give you some, some quick numbers here, when we talk about sales for the month of December, there were actually for single family homes, there were 790 homes sold just in December. And previously, back in 2020, we had 678. Back in 19, 537. Back in 2018, only 490. So you, we had 300 more properties sell in December of 2021 than we did in December of 2018. And there's this thing called the pandemic that is on. <laughs> and you would mm -hmm. think that that would be cold water being thrown on top of this, but it just seems that over the last two years, it's been picking up. Yeah, you know, and that's on markets across North America. Real estate has been busier 
because of the pandemic and uh, people are buying properties. You know, I, I mean, it's it's a safe investment and it's a good investment. And, and we're gonna talk about condo values dropping here, but condos are still selling too. It's not like it's suddenly a terrible investment. Um, it might drop a little bit in the next year or two, but it's it's still, um, better than renting. And, and to give you some numbers for the condominium sales for the month of December, there were 324 condominiums in Edmonton that sold. And if I look at previous Decembers, 258, 192, 187. So, so almost double um, compared to the previous three Decembers. So what is going on here? Can you? I know it's hard to ask because we've been talking about how good the year was all through last year, but what do you figure? Uh, how do you see this? Yeah, it, it's really interesting to me because, you know, we're still Edmonton and Alberta by large is still in the middle of a recession, so to speak. And, and hopefully this is a good sign that we're coming out of it. But what we're, we're not seeing companies hire very many people. We're not seeing people being brought in from other provinces. So like I just said earlier, our city is not growing gigantically with numbers, but people are buying real estate. They're looking at these low interest rates and uh, understanding that this is a great time, as long as they can beg, borrow, or steal that down payment to get into their first property, that they're doing so. And and something else we've talked about on some previous podcasts is just that demand for single family homes versus condominiums. And that has a lot to do with where people are working these days. So you're not seeing people work down in the core of Edmonton. So selling a condominium in downtown Edmonton is difficult by all means. Um, Selling a single family house out in the burbs, not as hard as it used to be and is in quite, uh, has become quite easy in fact. Let's talk about total sales, Bryn, this year. So. For the single family market, there were actually 15,376 sales this year. Compare that to last year, we had 10,801. That's an increase of 41% in sales. Wow. Absolutely stunning. Just absolutely incredible. Condos, condo sales. And again, I'm going to talk about that, you know, our, our, the median price for condos seems to be dropping a little bit, but there were actually 5,691 units sold in 2021 compared to only 3,813 in 2020. An increase of 49% of sales from 2020 to 2021. Is absolutely that, is that because the value dropped a little bit or people are just viewing it as a different type of investment where maybe they weren't looking at it that way two years ago? Both. I, I think people are just buying properties. Like you're, you're seeing less renters out there and more home buyers. Um, again, getting their property, uh, whether they buy it as an investment, whether they buy it to live in it, you're just seeing more people get into the real estate market and, and as a good investment. Again, with these low interest rates, your payments are very inexpensive. You know, you and I can talk about how old we are and, and that when we got our first mortgages, of course, it was double digits. And, and we don't see anything like that. Now you can get a mortgage at two and a half percent. That's the prime lending rate. I think yesterday was 2.45, something like that. So absolutely stunning. You know, my first interest rate, I think was just under 11% from the first house I bought. When I got down to an interest rate of 7%, I thought it was free money. And now we're looking at, you know, something in the twos. Absolutely incredible. I bought my first house after, after 9-11 and it was down under 2%. And I just wow. can't, I can't even yeah. imagine that now, but Hey, 
It's, uh, it's fun just to watch everything that we've watched over the last 12 months, but I'll let you carry on with the numbers because I'm fascinated by it. Yeah. And so now we've talked about the sales and of course uh, that's going to be the biggest driving force, but there's also um, supply, the amount of inventory that's on the market at any given time. And now that was up as well. So not quite as high up as the sales, but up nonetheless. So listings, there was 20,331 homes for sale. That's actually um, a a standard amount, mostly for the Edmonton real estate board year after year, we see about 20,000 single family homes listed, but last year there were only 17,095. So we had an increase of listings by 19% in the single family market for condominiums. We had 12,022 condos listed in 2021 compared to 2020, where we had 9,269. So there's an increase of 30% for the amount of listings for condominiums. So those numbers for the amount of condos and houses listed is more on par with pre-pandemic levels. So that's pretty comparable to 2019, 18, and 17. In fact, Edmonton is pretty consistent with the amount of properties that hit the market each year. Is there a concern, do you think, out there by people when they keep hearing that interest rates may rise, so people are not waiting any longer, they want to jump in as fast as they can, which is why they're jumping in the middle of winter where normally they wouldn't, I guess. Right. Yeah. And, and typically uh, house prices rise in the spring and, and fall in the fall. And, and here's a great example. If we look at the, the median sales price for the single family homes, it started off the year at 395,000 in January of 2021. It then kept getting larger. It peaked in April at 425,000 where it stayed there, April, May, June, and July at that $425,000 mark. And then in August, it dropped to 420, 417, 415, 412 in November. So it it did what it normally does. December was a kooky month. the median sales price for single family homes actually rose in December and I've never seen that happen before. So it's actually, it it went up by over $10,000. The median sales price at the end of December was 423,000. So it almost matched the peak prices of April, May, June, and July. And if you're wondering why that has everything to do with inventory that we saw inventory drop in December, as I said, right off the start of this podcast is that normally we don't list a lot of properties in December and because uh, we, we hold those off and they start hitting the market now, now that we're in the beginning of January, you'll start seeing a whole bunch of inventory just hit the market. And, and there wasn't very many good homes for sale in December. There was a lot of the stuff that hadn't sold all year long. So if there was good stuff, then it did have good action and then sold for a little bit higher. When we look at the median prices for condominiums, it started off the year at 195000 It peaked in May at 226,000 and then started its fall. Month after month, it just started dropping, dropping, dropping. It finished in December at 189,950. It finished at $190,000. And again, it started the year at 195. Why Why so, the little blip in the middle there? Just because of uh, that's when people are moving and, and, and looking so, at properties? So yeah, as, as an Edmontonian, when do you want to move? Do you want to yeah. move in the middle of the winter in, in uh-huh. January, February? Yes. Or, or do you want to 
<laughs> or do you want to move when, when it's easier to get your friends to help you move for just beer and pizza uh, yeah. when, when you can do it in May or June? So, so that's pretty typical of why our prices rise when they do, why there's more sales going on in April and May uh, than the rest of the year. It just has everything to do with climate. If we lived in a more moderate climate, let's say on Vancouver Island, we probably wouldn't see these peaks as much. They would have a more consistent uh, amount of sales per month. They wouldn't peak as much as as we do basically April, May, and June um, and, and be down as low in, in January and December as we are because it's a little bit more moderate, a little easier there. So, so that has everything to do with our climate. What else caught your eye over the last month? And over the last year, since we're kind of doing a bit of a rehash on 2021 as well. Yeah, here. like it's great. I, I love talking about about uh, the prices and the value of properties. And, and so this year, 2021, although it was tough to predict just how many sales we were going to have, that was the biggest surprise. The, the, the way that things happened, the amount of sales per month, um, it was relatively predictable. It was a, a more traditional year. Obviously, 2020, the start of the pandemic, threw everything for a loop, and that year was was sort of the outlier. So what's great is that when I look back the last five, six years, other than 2020, we have a relatively consistent amount of homes that hit the market, relatively consistent amount of homes that sell. Again, 2021 was, was a record year for the amount of sales, but I'm going to suggest that 2022 will follow that same sort of pattern, that prices will start to rise between now, January, and April, and then we'll level off in the summer and then we'll fall again in the fall. It happens, like I said, almost every single year. So if you're a home buyer and you're thinking about buying your first home, or if you're thinking about upgrading from your smaller home to go to a bigger home, then it's far better to do that right now, January and February. Because by the time you take possession of your new property in April or May, it's probably going to be worth more money. So you get that free equity if this is your primary residence. They can't tax that. This is the best way to make some some good equity. If you're a seller and you're looking to maximize your your property, then it's best to call us because every situation is going to be different. So if it's a condominium, I'm going to suggest we get it on the market as soon as possible to sell that property because I think that we're going to see um, condos drop. I don't think we're at the bottom yet. I think that our December uh, single family house price will be strong, but I think our condominium price in December, 12 months from now, is going to be low. I really do. And, And it has everything to do with the amount of inventory that we're still seeing on the market for condominiums. There is a ton of condos for sale, and especially down downtown. So if we're looking at different parts of the city, you know, there might be an eight month to 12 month supply of listings in, in any part of the city. But when we look downtown, uh, there's a two year supply of listings. That's going to take a long time to eat up that inventory. And so it's just going to keep lowering that median sales price for the condominium. So again, if you're going to sell a condominium, unless you're prepared to wait two, three, four years from now, and you're thinking about doing it in the next year or two, it's best to do that one as soon as possible. If you're thinking about selling your small house to upgrade to a bigger house, then you should do that as soon as possible. If you're thinking about selling your big home to move down to a condominium, to move down to a smaller house or to leave the market. Right. Now we're talking about April or May. That's when you should be selling that one because you're going to maximize your dollars for that. So it's all about timing and and where it is. Now, if you're going to stay in the same market, 
it's a bit of a wash because if one's up, so is the next one. If one's down, so is the next one. But again, if you're selling your big one to go to a small one, uh, the difference will be greater and it would be better to wait on that one when you can get the maximum dollars. Um, for for that property here in the Edmonton market. Man, we've talked about this, I don't know, for the last year, year and a half, about people on how how patient they are and whether or not they panic a little bit. Are you finding people are very patient right now? They just understand that it's a little, times are a little different out there, that maybe it might be a little slower to, to, to sell or to buy. Are you finding any of that? Well, ironically... Yes. I, I, and I say ironically here because I'm going to give you some 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 neat stats. So people, have, um, they don't get to see the stats as I do, of course. And, right. and there's been a gigantic change. So when we look at average days on the market, because we've talked about that in the past, um, you know, for the past few years, 2017 for a single family house, average days on market, 75 days, 18, 84 days, 19, 92 days, 2020, 84 days. This year, Bryn, 52 days. Yeah quite a bit better, like a full month earlier to sell your single family house. So uh, yes, it's, it's, it's been lovely for us as, as agents because our sellers are actually are more patient, uh, but their properties have been selling faster. So, so it's been great. Even the condominium price, or excuse me, not the price, but the average days on market for condominiums from 103, 113, 111, 107 for average days on market for right. the previous four years. 89 days for 2021. Wow. So, so, so 18 days quicker to sell a condominium in 2021 versus the previous four years. So, so yes, the, the conditions have been better. Um, I think that perhaps some of the things that have helped the condo one, especially, so there's been a greater demand for the single family. And that's why the, the days on market is lower. I think for condominiums, a lot of these condo sellers are, are really realistic for, for the first time um, and, and knowing what their value of their property is because properties have been dropping so fast so that they know that if they don't put the, the right list price on it, it's going to sit there and it's going to sit there and it may not, not sell at all. And what you don't want to do is chase the market. You don't want to fall into that trap where you say, Hey, we can always reduce. It's, it's, it's just, it's not a great trap to fall into because yeah. you, you just keep falling and, and you chase a market. So you get down to, you lower your price, you lower your price. And now you lower your price to where it should have been perhaps. And unfortunately the market's gone down and now the property is worth even less. So that's just a formula you want to avoid at all costs, especially when we're looking at a, a market like the condominium market. Uh, sometimes when we list single family houses and when we're looking in the spring, if we list a property too high, sometimes the only thing that that might cost you is time. Eventually, it, you know, with, as I've just talked about, that the market goes up in value, that you might grow into your price, essentially. But when you were looking at the rest of the year, summer, fall, um, you have to be very careful about the price you're choosing and making sure that you're not falling into that trap saying, oh, we can always reduce because you don't want to do that. Well, watching you guys in action with Chris, for example, in his home, which is around 800 grand, and we were concerned about, well, how, uh, how much traffic are we going to get on this? We got a fair bit of traffic. I was really uh, pleasantly surprised, but you guys did a great job, you and Sabrina, uh, mm -hmm. of talking uh, and analyzing and breaking it down for Chris on what's a good price for this home because you guys know how to break down numbers, and that's so important, is it not? 
Yeah. And, and, you know, something that you and I haven't talked about in a long time, that is, is literally the very first thing that we talk about with sellers is where does value come from? And I'll say it here. It's because it's a quick little formula. Uh, value is made up of three things. First and foremost, location, the, the price of the dirt that that property is sitting on. Secondly, square footage, obviously the larger the home, the more value in the property. And if you don't believe that formula, ask a builder. <laughs> if it costs more to build a 2,400 square foot house than a 2,000 square foot house. Right. And then lastly, least importantly, will be the cosmetic features of that property, the way it shows the features it has. So hardwood floors and granite countertops and upgraded light fixtures and bathrooms, et cetera, will help add value, of course but not as much value as sometimes people think that can only uh, affect the formula by about 10%, give or take in either direction, depending on what price range that house might be in. So if we look at a median sales price of about 400,000 in Edmonton, if I were to give you $40,000, you could do quite a few upgrades to your property, right? You could change some flooring and paint and, and upgrade a bathroom or two. And there's, there's lots that you could do for that 40 grand, but uh, $40,000 won't be able to move that house or make it any bigger. So that's why we put so much value into where it's located. So the neighborhood and location. And when we look at Edmonton, the most expensive real estate is going to be in the core of the city. So downtown and, and the university areas typically are going to be that little circle there of, uh, is going to be the most expensive real estate in the city with some, some ex exceptions, of course. But the farther we move away from the core, northeast, southwest, the cheaper the land will be. Okay. So, so if we're, if we're driving all the way North up to Mournville, of course, then, then that land's going to be quite a bit cheaper than, than some land in the university. Uh, same thing. If we're driving South and going all the way out to Leduc, then that land's going to be cheaper than that university land. Of course, I said, there's some exceptions, you know, there, there's some areas in Southwest Edmonton and Sherwood Park and St. Albert that will carry some higher values than perhaps some areas that might be closer to the core than them. Uh, but again, those are exceptions to the rule and have more to do with the types of properties that they might be sitting beside. We got to start to wrap this baby up. Is there anything we've missed? No, I, I think that uh, we didn't talk about acreages, but it's going to fall into the same suit as single family homes. Basically acreage sales were up. And again, that's something we've been talking about for trending is that people want more space. So, so for years there, people were looking for location and lifestyle, wanting to be closer to downtown, closer to work, walking to work or closer to the university area um, using public transportation and maybe couples that were sharing one vehicle, things like that. It's funny just how things change because we're, we're now seeing a trend to being outside of the core, having a larger yard or an acreage, having bigger house, more bedrooms, more office space, because how many people do you know that are working out of their homes now? And, and it doesn't look like there's an end in sight with, with our current conditions. And, and we won't talk about that in this podcast, but um, we're getting buyers who are telling us immediately of what they're looking for on their wish list. And usually near the top of that list is one or two home offices for husband and wife to work out of the home 
because that's going to be important. So, so, you know, three bedroom homes just don't cut it anymore. <laughs> yeah. But uh, we need three bedrooms plus a spare bedroom and two offices. So, so we need a total of six bedrooms or, or five bedrooms in a den or, or however that might break down. And so I would suggest that trend will continue as um, people are getting more and more used to working from home. You're seeing businesses cut down on the office space that they need. Uh, the downtown uh, lease availability is the highest I think it's ever been yep. in, in downtown Edmonton. So, so businesses are leaving there or cutting their office space. We're seeing a lot of businesses cut their office space in half, right? And, and going to smaller offices to save some overhead because their employees are now working at home and, and in the world that we're living in. With, with the computer technology we have, yeah, uh, you don't have to go into an office to a filing cabinet. It's all, it's all held online, right? Okay. How do people get a hold of you if they're looking forward to 2022 or they maybe want some information on how things went last year? How do they reach you? They can call our team directly at 780-464-0075, or they can find us on any of the social media platforms or our website at macintoshgroup.ca. We'd be happy to meet with them uh, or even meet with them just like you and I are doing right now on a Zoom meeting. Um, We can do an evaluation of people's properties, um, at least initially. Uh, from online and then when we get down and and you know ready to list it then we can have some in-person visits but we are changing the way we're doing real estate and we have talked about that um, with with certain protocols in place to protect both our buyers and our sellers brent thanks for your time great as always and we'll talk on the next episode okay Thanks, Bryn. Happy New Year. All right. Happy New Year to everybody. Check us out, the McIntosh Group at REMAX River City. I'm Bryn Griffiths. He's Brent McIntosh, and we'll see you next time. 